Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the ninth episode of our podcast, You Didn't Ask. But okay. We're your hosts, Tina. And Jackie. So Jackie and I posted a questionnaire or like a poll or I guess questionnaire of what you guys wanted us to talk about on our podcast. And so we got a few uh, questions from our listeners. And so I guess we're just going to take like, I don't know, 10 minutes to talk about each of the questions that we got. Yeah, I felt um, a little bad leaving out like one or two. So we figured we're just going to do a quick take. So uh, the first one is um, they wanted us to talk about siblings. Ooh, so, uh, spicy topic. It's actually interesting because me and Tina are, um, we're different ranking in siblings. Yeah, I'm the you're older. the oldest and uh, I'm the youngest. Yeah. Um, so we definitely have different perspectives in mm-hmm. life. Uh, But she also, I have a younger sister and she has an older brother. So there's that too. Yeah. Um, I think having siblings is pretty interesting when you talk about or share your experiences with like each other, especially if they're different, but also like realizing that very similar, I think, at least with all the older sisters that I've talked to, we very much are very similar. Um. But yeah, do you want to, do you want to start off? Yeah. I mean, you know, like we're talking about our siblings or like, yeah, I guess we can talk about like our siblings or growing up with a sibling. So I guess. Sure. Time to Um, talk about uh, your brother. (laughs) Yeah. So my brother, Chris, he's actually really awesome. Um, I didn't think it felt like that a hundred percent of the time growing up. I obviously think as if you have a sibling, you have growing pains, you have your arguments and mm-hmm. whatnot, but actually I, the way that I see Chris is, um, I don't know if I've actually ever told him this, but Chris is probably the most stable person that I've ever had in my whole entire life. And I think that's because my parents worked so much when I was in school. And so all of the time, it was really just Chris and I at home, we hang out, we eat dinner. Sometimes we do our own thing, but I think over time, our relationship has definitely grown a lot in terms of understanding one another and vocalizing if we don't just like, if we don't agree with one another and having it just be okay that we don't agree and leaving it as what it is, you know, we don't argue, we don't, we don't really anything like if I don't, if I don't feel a certain way, the same way that he feels, I'll tell him that. And and we talk, but I think for me growing up, my brother was probably the most stable thing that I've had in my life. And I think still like up till this day, I think about it now, like if my parents, something happened to my parents, like something were to happen to me, I would still leave everything to Chris or I would lean on Chris for everything. Um, and I think Chris and mine's relationship is really great because we also went to the same college together. And so we got to see a lot of each other more than typical siblings would. And I would say that he gave me a lot of really great advice throughout college, throughout life. And I we're only about like 14 months apart too. So I think that's really fun to have a sibling that's really close to the same age as you are. Um, but I mean, I think 
having a sibling is really great. I love my older brother and he's a really great support system. And it's always nice to have somebody to talk to sometimes when you are really going through some stuff or when we do have our heart to heart moments and time where we get to hang out. Um, he's in school right now to be a pharmacist. So I don't see much of him, but when I do, I love the moments that we can spend together. And like, we talk and we catch up about life and just, you know, whatever's next. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for him to be done with school and, um, just so that he can really start living his life and really enjoying it. And, um, no, I, I think having a sibling is great. And, and, you know, I hope that if I ever have kids someday, I'd have two of them at least so that they have a sibling. Cause honestly, I don't know what I would do without Chris, even though half of the time growing up, like I wanted to kill him, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like, we've had a lot of, honestly, we've had a lot of moments to get to where we are right now. And, you know, it's everybody that has a sibling knows this, like it's, it's rough growing up, like when you're teenagers and stuff and you're just like, dude, like I'm too cool for you or they're too cool for me or, oh my gosh, but you know what? No, at the end of the day, I do really appreciate having a sibling and I'm very glad that I do. I'm very glad that I'm not an only child and (laughs) I'm very, very thankful for my brother and I love him very much. No offense if uh, only children feel some type of way, some slander <laughs> against them. But yeah, yeah like I, I think um, I really do appreciate being the oldest. I feel like it's uh, come with its moments. I mean, considering mm-hmm. I, the age gap between us is like big enough where I now have to be third parent and, you know, uh, bear the burdens of my um, breaking the boundaries and limits with my parents. Um, I think that um, having a younger sister is pretty fun. I think like growing up, I wanted, or when I was little, I wanted one and therefore I got, got one. And then um, she became like a demon child, like <laughs> my Aries queen, <laughs> just for reference, me and my sister are both fire signs. I'm a Sag and she's an Aries. So you can tell the type of energy that was in our household growing up. It was just constantly fighting all the time. Lots of crying, lots of like pretending to cry and then getting me in trouble. I don't know. Um, I still remember to this day she cried she like cried on cue and blamed and told my babysitter I did something when I literally didn't and then I got in trouble because they didn't believe me can you love that for her my gosh that kind of energy and then um yeah we we did fight a lot but I think it got a lot better when we were old like I got older and I just kind of was more patient with my sister because I think it was mostly because of such a big age gap you're like in different you're like in different like life stages you know yeah once you once you leave adolescence my sister's still back there and then like once you get into like teen high school sisters in middle school which is like she's a baby you know right so you're constantly I'm constantly trying to leave these like stages behind me but I'm still in it in a way because of my sister um and then there was just this constant, like, don't forget about your sister, bring your sister to here, like whatever, you know? So there's also just like the constant, like 
reminder of bringing my baby sister everywhere, uh, which was like not cool and not fun at the time. But now I bring her everywhere, which is fine. Yeah, it's like fun um, to hang out like with your yeah. sister now. But I think it's just because we're old too. And mm-hmm. I think that only really happened when I was like in college. We actually like started enjoying to hang out with each other. Same. Um, mostly because I could drive and so we could leave the house and stuff. Um, but yeah, now it's fun to hang out. And, um, but I do realize that fire energy in our house, if she stays for too long, I'm like, okay, leave now. Go back. You can go back now. Yeah. And I I think it's, you know, I think it's really important to, you know, for the people that do have siblings out there, for the only children out there who plan on having children someday, is that I think a lot of the time when you think about your siblings, I think about this very often, um, but maybe it's just a hump that I have to get over. Typically, sometimes when you have a sibling, you feel like you're getting compared to your sibling. And here's like, oh, yeah. something that I'm sure my sister feels that way. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like it, Chris and I have talked about this so many times because, you know, he's going to be like a pharmacist and I will never reach or attain any type of like medical related profession probably ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, this is something that Chris and I talk about a lot is that as the older sibling, you feel a lot of pressure because you are the older sibling to like have an example or set an example for your younger sibling yeah here's also the thing about being the younger sibling is that now you feel the need to live up up to that standard and it's awful it's like the worst thing and it's like a push and pull thing right but really Chris and I are understanding at the end of the day is like he's doing his life I'm doing my life and we both want to be happy for each other at the end of everything, no matter what it is. And I think with siblings, like we have to remember, like we aren't comparing ourselves to anybody except for the life that we're creating for ourselves. And I'm very fortunate enough. And I think Jackie's also very fortunate enough that we're both very close to our siblings because some people don't have that type of relationship with their siblings. And I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that relationship with my brother. Cause I feel like going home or family gatherings and things just wouldn't be as fun as if you can't share things with one another and like talk about things afterwards, like after a family gathering. And Mm -hmm. I think it's more fun when you, when you have a sibling to talk to. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm grateful that like, I realize a lot of psychology really revolves around having siblings. And so I'm grateful that I, had a sister because I mean I just don't know how I would have turned out honestly and that's not to say that like only children are weird um but I just I just we're we're different like Mm -hmm. I feel like you can tell even with friends and I have lots of like different types of friends but like yeah anyways uh we're gonna move on but um we're yeah we're wrapping up this question yeah shout out to our siblings love y'all and uh shout out to the older sisters out there you guys are the (laughs) backbone of today's society i'm the the reparations you know okay a little sibling so all right the next question or the topic is adult hobbies how you can grow them if you're a forever student oh 
Well, Jackie can touch on this a lot. <laughs> oh, I have lots of like indoor hobbies. I think, um, I don't know why, but I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I, I think my first hobby that I ever really like kind of delved into was baking, um, which I did because at one point in my life, I wanted to become a chef, like a baker, but I could never make my own recipes. I, but I, I was coming off of like, I was just guesstimating and like doing all this stuff. I don't know how to like make recipes, nor did I have the time or the resources. Um, but I think you just kind of like dibble, like just dabble in different like areas that you think you could possibly enjoy. Because like, I used to think that I wasn't good at like arts or crafts, but um, now I'm crocheting, which was something where I, this was like last year, I decided to want to learn to crochet because um, we were planning to go to Coachella <laughs> and um, I wanted to make my own outfits. I was tired of spending money. And so I thought it'd be really cute to make my own outfit. Um, obviously that didn't pan out. Um, and good thing I only really made one top, but, um, I was planning, then it just turned into like, okay, well, I now have this kind of newfound skill. What do I do with it? Then pandemic, it's just more like expanding areas where, um, different hobbies that you could possibly have. So, well, I started getting better at crochet. Then I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? Then I bought a bunch of paints and I was like, okay, let's try painting. Turns out I'm pretty decent at painting. I don't think I'm really good at like kind of imagining pictures in my head. Um, and then like just creating something. I'm very good at like recreating things. So that's what I do when I paint, which is like another way to stress relieve. Um, I don't know what other hobbies I could have except for like arts and crafts and baking uh, that are indoor at least. But I just feel like you could just, you just got to tell yourself that like you're, you can't go into thinking like, oh, I'm really bad at this. Or you might as well just take the time to be like, okay, I'm really bad at this. So I might as well try and see if I'm actually bad at it or if I just keep assuming that I am. Um, but yeah, I think just making time every day to kind of, not every day, maybe like once a week to upkeep your hobbies um, is a good way to kind of keep it going, especially if you're like a forever student. I think scheduling time, because like even with work, I would say work, the way my work schedule is, it's very much kind of like a school school day. So when I go home, I kind of uh, decompress by like doing one of my hobbies. Um, or once a week, I'll try to do something art related. And that's also because I am very knowingly very left brain oriented, which is like more logical, etc. Um, and I'm very, I feel like I have a really weak right brain. So to, in order to exercise that, I choose 
art stuff to um, kind of try and boost my creativity creativity level. Um, so you could also try doing that too. If you're more right brain, maybe you could do like, I don't know, Sudoku puzzles. What else could you do? Read maybe I mean reading is a hobby too. You could read. Um you just gotta set small increments of time initially. So like, okay, I'll just spend 15 minutes and then a week later, like 30 and then an hour. So yeah, just little things in order to kind of incorporate that into your daily life is important. Helps you decompress too. Uh, yeah. Um, do you have anything to say, Tina? Um, I think in terms of just like adult hobbies, I think it's really just as you grow as an individual throughout your life, you find a lot of different interests that Mm -hmm. you'll want to do. And I think even if you are a forever student, it's also important to remember that you need to take care of yourself and you need self-care, me time, you know, and um, I think with that being said, you need to figure out whatever hobbies it is that brings you some sense of joy in your life or just sense of relaxation, because you are going to be, if you are a student, you are going to be your best self when you take care of yourself. And Mm -hmm. so I think in terms of finding adult hobbies, I mean, you could start something and never finish it, but I think it takes starting something to know if you like it or if you don't like it. Um, I started rock climbing pretty early last year before the pandemic. Um, and I love it and I still want to do it once everything is over. And so I think as you, you know, open your life to just a lot of different things, cause I'm really afraid of heights. So I would have never thought about rock climbing as being one of my hobbies, but it's great. I like, I'll go to the climbing gyms and I'll be there for three to four hours and I'll just climb problems all day long and just think about it. And I think it's just a really great way like hobbies are meant to get your like mind off of the things that stress you out, do something that you enjoy and be so in the moment that you love doing it. And that's what makes it a hobby. Um, so I think in that sense is really just find something that you love. Like Jackie said, do it for 15 minutes, do it for 30 minutes. The more it grows and the more you like doing it and the more time you think less about how much time you're spending on doing it, that's when it really turns into a hobby. Mm-hmm. And just being open to, to trying new things. Cause you never know if you'll like them unless you try it. Right. Right. And even if you're not good, maybe try it not once, but like at least three times because you could actually just enjoy it. Even if you're bad at it. And that could just be like a goal of yours to be better. Um, nothing's impossible to be good at. I feel like if you just put your mind to it and you put in the, the effort, you could become better. Um, So yeah, that's our take on adult hobbies. And then the last question is, um, (laughs) it's been one year since shutdown, reflections, thoughts, and feelings. Uh, So ending the the podcast with a wonderful topic. (laughs) Um, Great. Great topic. But it really has been one year, almost one year, um, since it was like March for us, like mid-March for us when we had lockdown. But um, yeah, I mean, I have nothing to say (laughs) 
I don't know what to say except for I think I'm at a point where I'm really jaded. Like I've just decided that this year is kind of going to be like the last um maybe a little better. It seems like things are getting better, but mm -hmm. I'm cautious like because it felt like I was consistently trying to get my hopes up about things getting better and they didn't. So I'm I'm cautiously hopeful I think for this year. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I think from whatever perspective you want to look at it, I agree with Jackie. I definitely think a lot of people are very just exhausted, you know, not really knowing what's going to happen next and really just like existing. Um, but I also like to think that, um, and I think, you know, I talk about this often on this podcast, like the last six months of 2019 and, and going into 2020, like all of 2020 was really, really hard for me for a lot of reasons. But I definitely think, um, and I've told Jackie this, the person that I was a year ago today or last year was not her best self. And she wasn't great. And she understood that she took the time to work on it, you know, and life is a work in progress. And I think a year from to like a year from that right now, I feel a lot better, you know, in terms of like self-love and the way that I look at myself, but also the way that I go about things, the way that I view things and just like moving forward in life, I just feel a lot better than I did last year, even though we were in a pandemic. I think I took the time to really work on myself from a mental state, but also mm -hmm. from a very physical state. I was like in the worst shape of my life. And now I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life, you know? So I think it's, it's like, sometimes we like, we feel like we didn't do anything last year, but I think we really did small things for ourselves that even though it's not one big grand thing, it's that we really did do things more for ourselves or we really you're right took care of ourselves last mm -hmm. year whether we did it from like a physical mental or however you want to like you've understood so much more about yourself by having all of this time to yourself and like with the people that you live with with your family whoever it is you started to understand yourself a lot more and the things that you want in your life and the type of person that you want to be and like boundaries you want to set for yourself. And that's probably something that I would have never done. Like, I definitely think I would have continued on with my life tragic as it was going on whatever cycle it was on. And I definitely think I'm like a healthier version of myself with all of this extra time. Like, I don't feel bad about like saying no to doing something because I need time for myself or I don't feel bad if like I'm going through something and I don't have the capacity to be that friend for somebody else right now. And mm -hmm. I think it's really just though this past year, yes, we didn't get to do all of the things that we wanted to do, but I definitely think it gave us a lot of time to think about what is it really that we want to do with our lives, you know? Yeah. Cause I would have, I know this, I would have continued I would have continued, I don't know, like going to eat with my friends for dinners every now and then, or going rock climbing all the time, maybe not really focusing on myself. And I probably would have kept all of the things that I was feeling inside of myself, continuing down like a path that I did not want to be on and continuing being like the most like toxic person that I was at that time. 
And I don't know if I would have gotten better if we didn't like hit the pause button. Um, and I'm very thankful for that, you know, cause I've learned a lot about myself and I've made a lot of decisions that have made me a lot of a better person. Um, and I think with that being said, I think a lot of people think that last year they spent not doing anything, but really I think whoever you are sitting, wherever you're at right now, listening to this podcast, I can guarantee you that you are hundred percent a better person than whoever you were this time last year, because you got the chance to know yourself more. Um, and I think with that being said, I know we're still sitting in the same situation going into this year, but I think setting different goals for yourself and, and working on yourself still, but also saying, you know what, life is happening all around me. What am I doing to make myself happy? That's true. <clears throat> I think it was the, the act, the pause that I think a lot of us all needed. Yeah. Especially me, I was burning out and I had no idea. And then when everything forced me to stay home, it like all hit me, mm-hmm. like all the things that was, I was keeping busy, all the things I was avoiding finally hit me. And I knew like, this was the time to take, take care of myself. Um, listen to my like body and the needs that I like my needs, my wants and my feelings and actually do something about it to help, help myself. Um, yeah, I, and I'm, so, I'm really grateful that we have like a whole year to actually do it and be better. I think at least for you and me, I would say that we took the time to really take care of ourselves for once and put ourselves like first. And I feel like that's been transformative because now we know what it's like to put ourselves first. And I feel like that has an impact on our relationships with our friendships in a good way. It's become healthier. Yeah, I think so too. The way we leave our life, uh, lead our lives. So um, I'm super grateful. I'm hopeful for when we do return to like some sort, some sense of normalcy that uh, our habits will continue and we'll be able to just truck along with healthier relationships. Yeah. Keep on, keep on living. You know, I think like, I think the pandemic has really (laughs) made me take a step back and be like, first of all, where the hell's all my money going? Where was it going? <laughs> the pandemic, like, Really? Where was it going? Probably just dining out, shopping, whatever. Took a step back from that and realized, God, you know what? What is my five-year plan? My five-year plan is to like, I don't know, have a dog, have a house potentially, mm-hmm. maybe like a condo. And so I think it was like, it really pulled me back and said like, Hey, here's a slap in the face. Now you like now you can save all your money or like put it into stocks, do whatever. It's like, now you have plans, like real plans for yourself um, of like whatever the life that you want to create for yourself. And yeah. I think maybe not everybody is there right now at that point in their life, but I think it, I think this time has given everybody a lot of things to think about. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, I think, I've realized so many things about how I was doing things or how I was going about things or things that I thought I lost, but really, I think I just needed to like, let it go and grow from it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the most beautiful thing about this pandemic is honestly a lot of self growth 
um, and like self-love and just being a better version of yourself as you come out of this and being a more understanding person um, and just learning from from like things that you thought you were doing right, but just changing things that might be better for you, for your future. Um, Mm -hmm. I think really it felt like we didn't do anything, but that little feeling of we didn't do anything, you actually did a whole lot for yourself that you didn't realize. Um, Because I think when we think about doing things, it has to be physical or we have to have something to show. Right. But I mean, you're showing it right now. You're, you're living and you're learning and you're loving your life and you're the best possible version of yourself that you can be. And that's honestly the most that you can show for anything, for any, any physical aspect of it is you're just showing up for yourself every day. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. I think one thing though, although it's kind of a sad note is that um, I think beginning of lockdown was like when all of the BLM started to happen and Mm -hmm. I it's sad to see that one year later now we're dealing with the attacks on Asian Americans which I feel like hits home for all of us and I don't have much to say on either of those things I think those are things that we can talk about in another episode but I just want to speak as some as as an Asian American that I don't think that we are as an Asian American I don't think I'm supposed to say anything about this at all and and I and and what I mean by that is that I think a lot of people on social media like to just be very loud and like performative about speaking up for Asian Americans by throwing media like traumatic news articles in everyone's faces and then for them to shame the other Asian Americans who are quiet who were speaking up for other people but are now seemingly quiet I think it's time to give people grace especially when it comes to their own people Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah, everybody expresses how they feel about things in different ways, whether they choose to be super vocal about it or not. Yeah. yeah. And I, I saw something where it really kind of made me understand the way I feel. It's a lot easier to speak up for other people than to speak up for yourself. Right. And, and we're seeing... dealing. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. And I mean, we're just, I feel a lot of trauma when it comes to these things, when I see, when I see all of these things happening. So for other people to diminish your trauma and tell you to move on and then shame you for not speaking up, that's not okay. And I think there's a lot of things in this, in our community that we need to kind of start to digest and unlearn that like we keep acting like activism is transactional. Oh, because you did this for BLM, you need to do this for our, your own community. It's not the same. And I think people need to just stop pretending or acting like it is. It's not, they're completely different scenarios and situations. And you can't expect 
like for everyone to just jump on board without having to process that's everything that's going on. Right. I think, you know, the way that like some people see, see, you know, the BLM and everything else going on in like the Asian community right now is that, you know, I think for just people like us where you could say like, oh, my friends aren't posting about it, so they don't care. Or that's not necessarily true. I think that you have a lot of friends that like probably care about it and are reading up on it, but they're just not, they don't feel comfortable like posting every single day about it or posting on like, I don't know, their Instagram stories or Twitter or their social medias about it. Because sometimes you might not be the right person to be posting about it. Or you post about it, but you don't know enough about it to speak on it. And I think that's like the same with, uh, you know, people like our generation younger, whoever, like, you know, everybody who looks up to even a celebrity or someone famous, like they get very upset that these like celebrities uh, or people that have a very large platform that they can talk about it, don't talk about it. And I think sometimes maybe those people don't feel confident that they know enough to talk about everything that's going on. And even if they do talk about it, there's always things that they won't know, or there's more things that they can know. And then I think everybody is kind of like, oh, well, why didn't you talk about that? Or why didn't you do these things? Or, you know, there's always something. So I think the people that feel confident and know enough, absolutely post about it, talk about it with your friends, talk about it with the people in your life where it matters to you. Because I think even though people aren't talking about it, they could really be educating themselves and reading up on it. And they are just, they're trying to navigate their own understanding about what's going on. And maybe they don't want to say the wrong thing, or maybe even if they said the right thing, maybe it wouldn't, maybe they feel it wouldn't be enough. Or maybe they feel that they're not educated enough. So I think everybody is on their own wavelength here of learning and understanding and reading and acknowledging things that are going on in the world right now. And it's really just about who you are, the type of individual that you are. And I mean, I think as long as you are really reading on it and and reading up about things that are going on and just keeping yourself educated, I think that's the best thing too. You don't necessarily always have to speak up on it, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with like using your platform to speak up on it. If you feel confident enough that you are saying, you know, everything that you want to convey um, yeah. without false information. And without attacking people too. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> that that type of acti- activism is just absolutely performative and so shallow. Um, so if you actually do want to be helpful, find resources for your community, do something like donate and help try and organize organize things to combat the things that are happening rather than throwing articles in people's faces. Do something that will actually help fight the things that are happening, the bad things that are happening rather than throwing, just announcing to everyone that bad things are happening. Everyone knows that. And even if they don't, what is what that's letting, like having someone learn about what's going on is not necessarily going to do anything effective. But anyways, since we're wrapping up today's episode, um, let's go, let's end on a happy note with some weekly recs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll go first. Okay. 
Okay. So I think for my weekly rec, everyone should follow this IG account underscore close knit close underscore knit (laughs) run by Jackie. She crochets. Um, She's taking orders, I think for like beanies and bags, like tote bags Um, and a hundred percent of the proceeds after she purchases the materials, go to different charities of organizations each month that she's making these items. And I think it's really great that Jackie's doing this. Um, I'm purchasing some cool beanies um, from Jackie and she's donating to an organization. So I think that you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, It's underscore C-L-O-S-E underscore K-N-I-T, close knit. Wow, thank you for the plug. Oh my gosh, Uh, gotta just plug my my mams. uh, But yes, this month we're uh, donating to the Oakland Vietnamese Community Center, which recently burned down, well, part of it burned. Um, so I'm trying to make some semblance of a difference, um, and increase my donating power by doing this. So if you guys could support, that would be really helpful and really cool. Um, and then for my weekly rec, um, it's another show. I clearly really like shows. Um, and it's this Korean drama actually called Penthouse. And if you like dramatic, like Shonda esque, a uh, Shonda Rhimes esque shows, like it really hits the spot. Cause usually Korean dramas, no one like really, really dies except for like one person, but it's like murder, mystery, thriller, etc. <clears throat> affairs everything so it's pretty juicy uh, I've been there's a second season that's just come out and me and my mom are watching it weekly now it's still so good I thought that they were it, it was gonna feel like they dragged on the storyline for too long but it still got me so um you can watch it on Vicky I think in some I, th- I, mean, I think there's like other websites you can watch it on but that's my weekly rec um but yeah yeah I mean I know we touched on a lot of different topics today so we hope you guys enjoyed this sporadic episode that we decided to to do maybe we'll come back with a different topic yeah (laughs) next Um, week Um, unless you really want us to like dive deep into one topic feel free to like dm us or let us know if you want us to talk about something. I think I got a request from somebody. They were like, please, please, please do like an astrology episode. Um, that would be and- so fun too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Here's the thing though. We're not experts. So I don't know how much we could speak with Jackie and I talk. We just joke a lot about like our signs and. Like- yeah, it's more like lighthearted. It's really not that deep, but I mean, Tina is an Aquarius and I'm a Sag. So our, I think that's enough like for you to understand. If you know astrology, we're quite interesting. We're science. quite the pair. Yeah. So I think it's pretty interesting. Our opinion, I think, oh, we should do like astrology, but like opinions on like other people's astrology signs, like, yeah. our, like our assumptions on what the type of people they're like but anyways we can don't attack us though it's just for fun but we yeah, could probably do for fun I roast myself I'm a Sag so therefore you know I am um I I know I have my faults but 
Yes. Um, Apparently I'm very detached. And on that note, um, (laughs) 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 uh, thanks for, you know, listening to our podcast, everyone. Very glad that we have people out there listening and enjoying this. And I get a lot of comments from my friends. So I appreciate everyone out there listening. Um, Mm -hmm. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye-bye.